We said last week that it's the train of your thoughts that determines your destination. That you can go in the direction of your strongest thoughts. That as the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, we all know that mindset is so critical to anything that we do. You know, I love the story of this shoe manufacturer here in America that was wanting to go into an underdeveloped country. And so they sent two marketing firms to research the the country and to find out what potential there was for their shoes. Well, the first marketing firm came back and said, no potential for sales, nobody wears shoes. And the second firm came back and said, unlimited potential for sales. You got me? Nobody wears shoes. It's all the way you look at it, right? We remember when God sent the 12 spies into the promised land. God wanted to give his people a new home, a beautiful place. Ten of them come back and say, no way we can go into there. We all look like grasshoppers. And then there were two who came back and said, my goodness, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. God will by all means give it to us. And they were, enter- they were able to enter the land. And the ten weren't. And this morning, here's what I want you to know. God wants to give you a new home. We're going to be looking today in the the book of Romans. Let me tell you about the the first 11 chapters. The first 11 chapters goes to describe this incredible home that God wants to give us. It's full of love. It's warm with acceptance. It's roomy with freedom in Christ. It's an incredible place. It's all ready for us. And the cool thing is that Jesus bought it for us. It's been redeemed. But Paul is concerned that despite the fact we have this home, many of us may not move into it. And it may be because of our mindset that we're not able to enjoy everything that God has given us. And so he makes a dramatic turn when we get to Romans chapter 12, trying to explain to us how we enter into this incredible home. Look with me at Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. You've seen God's mercy in view of how good God has been to you. Respond. What do you do? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. What you say, in view of God's mercy, respond, surrender, sacrifice for God. Now here's the key, and here's the verse we're looking at today. Verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What's the problem here? The problem is they're being conformed to the way of the world. Literal translation here. They are being pressed into the world's mode. Well, what's the answer? The answer is the renewing of your mind. Well, what does that mean? That means for your mind to be made new. The world can press you into its mode, even though you've been redeemed, as long as you don't develop a new mindset. See, here's what Paul's saying here. You've been redeemed, you're saved, you're going to heaven, and that happens at one spot, and Jesus did it. But you still got this old mind, and it must be renewed. And here's what Paul says. 
when you experience that renewal, you'll find out it's good and pleasing and perfect. Your life will be so much better. Well, let's get to work on that a little bit today about renewing your mind. You may remember last week's challenge. Last week's challenge was to think about what you think about, all right? How many took the challenge last week? All right, good deal. You thought about what you thought. And and, and, you know, I don't know about you, but as I did that, I began to see that my thought patterns are not always that wonderful. In fact, that's why I have this coffee pot up here, because our, our thoughts, the Bible says, becomes darkened, okay? Our, our, our thoughts are not clear. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 says our thoughts are, are darkened in their understanding. And guys, w- w- when your thoughts are murky and dark like this, it affects everything you see and everything you do. And so as we looked at that, what did you discover? I've been in a lot of groups and been in a lot of one-on-one conversations about this over the last week. And here's some of the thoughts that I've heard people share that they believe Satan has planted in their mind. I'm totally inadequate. I heard one of the sharpest men I know say that is the struggle of his entire life, that Satan had planted that thought in his mind at a young age that he was just inadequate. I'm a failure. I heard someone say, I'm just not made to have relationships. I heard an African-American man say, I will never be accepted no matter how many degrees and how much I accomplish because of my race. I will never, another sister said, I will never be consistent spiritually. It just can't happen. I heard a young man say, I will never be pure sexually no matter how hard I try. I heard a lot of people say, you know what, deep down, What Satan says to me over and over and what I've got stuck in my mind is I'm just not loved. And then many of us live with this thought, you know, things are going pretty well right now, but you never know the shoe is about to drop. I mean, something bad's going to happen. It's okay now, but something we, we live in anticipation of something bad happening. Now, those are all lies of Satan. Now, here's the problem. Our problem is Satan's lies become my reality. You, you see, guys, just because something's a lie doesn't mean you don't live in it. I mean, you know, for years and years, for centuries, the world lived in the lie that the world was flat. And so nobody would sail a ship very far off the coast because they thought they'd drop off the edge. Despite the fact it was a lie, it was their reality. And many of us live in realities that aren't true. I mean, let's just just illustrate this. Let's say at the beginning of this work week, there's a rumor going around where you work that you're going to be fired. And you hear it from what you think are pretty credible sources that you're going to be fired and that you're really on the chopping block with your boss. Well, you're going to live in that reality. And if your boss walks by your desk and doesn't speak to you, it's just going to confirm it. And Thursday when he leaves a message on your computer and says, I'd like to meet with you tomorrow morning, Friday morning at 10 a.m., you're thinking the very worst. It's become a reality to you, that lie that you're going to be fired. The truth is you're going in at 10 o'clock and he's going to commend you and give you a raise. But you've lived in the reality of a lie. Now listen to me. Because all these things we've just mentioned that absolutely break our hearts, 
it, it saddens me that people who are disciples of Jesus Christ feel so unworthy and so unloved and so inadequate and so unforgiven. Everything God doesn't want you to feel. But here's the truth. If you accept that lie in your brain, it begins to be the reality of your life. And your thinking and your mind starts looking like this. Now here's the problem. The problem is you can't hit the delete button. You'd love to just say, okay, I've got all these thoughts rattling around here and I, I need to get past them, so let's just, let's just hit the delete button and it'll be over. There is no delete button. What I'd like to do is say, I can just go pour this out. I mean, it's in my brain, but, but I've got the power just... But you can't pour it out. It's there. So what do you do? You do what Paul says. You've got to go through a process of renewal. Listen to me. It took a long time and a lot of the same thoughts, repetition, for your brain to get in this shape. And I'm not trying to be discouraging. It's going to take you a while for your thoughts to change because you develop patterns. You can't just pour it out. It's there. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to get really practical about how do you renew your mind. If you if you got those negative thoughts floating around in your mind, thoughts you can't seem to escape, how do you renew your mind? And we're going to start to change what's going on in here. Number one. All right. I hope you'll take notes. Let, let me say this to you today. Well, I'm going to give you in the last few minutes, it, it belongs, not because I'm saying it, it belongs on your mirror. It belongs on your desk. It belongs somewhere you can see it. Because every one of us is, 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 is in this battlefield of the mind. So I, I challenge you today to take some notes. Number one, realize God is your partner, okay? We're going to start changing what is in this water, all right? And so we're going to start to change it. It's slow. This first little cube is not going to make a big difference, but it's the first step. You've got to realize that God is your partner. The only other time the word renew is used in the Bible is in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, where it says you are renewed by the Holy Spirit. Understand, as we start trying to talk about how to change our mind, you've got a partner in this process. Because many of us would go, you know, the truth is, I've been trying to change my mind for a long time, and I cannot escape these thoughts. Here's the good news for you today. The good news is that God is available, the Holy Spirit's available, to help you change your mind. Because you might say, I've tried over and over again. It's like, let's say you went to law school, and you studied real hard, and you actually passed law school, but you've taken the bar exam three or four or five times, and you cannot pass it. No matter how much you study, how hard you try, you can't pass it. That'd be very frustrating, right? And some of us feel that way about our mind. I can't pass it. But how about if I told you, when you go take the bar exam next time, you can have a partner named Rob McFarlane with you, all right? He, he can sit and he can take the exam with you and he can answer the questions. Well, then you'd have some hope. And guys, when it comes to your mind and you say, yeah, I, buddy, I've tried to change, but I've thought this way my whole life. Here's the good news. The good news is you've got a partner called the Holy Spirit that's going to help you to change. You've just got to walk in step with him. Now, number two, 
recognize negative thought patterns, okay? Let's go ahead and put another cube in here, see if we can lighten this thing, all right? Recognize negative thought patterns. That's what you've been doing over the last week. Where do they come from? Do they thought? Does it come from God? Does it come from me? Does it come from Satan? One author I've been reading estimates that you and I think 50,000 thoughts a day. And listen to what he says. 90% of them are repeats. You've thought it over and over again. So they begin to be that pattern that you don't seem to be doing anything about. So as you think about what you think about, what are those patterns? You see, here's, here's most of our problem is we've never thought about what we think about. I just think that's the way I think. I've never stopped to analyze it. I've never stopped to say, you know what? That's not the right way to think. That's stealing me of my joy. That's ruining my witness for Jesus Christ. That's keeping me depressed. So you think about what you think about, and you begin to recognize, well, here's some thought patterns that really aren't from God. That brings me to number three. Reject negative thought patterns definitively. Or you might put there, decisively. Okay, let's put, let's put another cube in here and see if we can't start improving this a little bit more. All right, it's a slow process, but we're going to keep on watering it down a little bit. Reject negative thought patterns definitively. Now, this passage we looked at last week, 2 Corinthians 10.5. Here, here's the translation we looked at last week. Take every thought captive, make it give up, and make it obey Christ. What was that strong? said, man, you go take that thought, you handcuff it, and you make it do the right thing. What's he saying there? You've got to be very strong to overcome these thought patterns. Now, I understand this because you probably have recognized this, but I'm a little bit OCD, all right? That's not funny, okay, but, but I'm, a, I'm a little OCD. And, and, and I honestly, and some of you know, because I've been honest about it, a few years ago I suffered from some pretty deep depression. And I finally, the more I, I looked into it, the reason I got depressed was not because of the depression, it was because of my OCD. I just would think about things until my brain was worn out. I would just, I, I'm not OCD about washing my hands or something. I'm just OCD about, I get a thought in my mind and it just, it's there. And it's over and over and over and over again. Some of you probably relate to that. You just can't quite escape the thought. Now, one thing I read that really helped me, for, for those of us who have a hard time escaping our thoughts, is that some author described, said, a, a person with OCD is a person is, who has a manual transmission in their brain instead of an automatic transmission. You understand that? See, some of you, you just automatically flow from one thought to the other, all right? And you're, you're all right, doesn't stick. Some of us, man, it's stuck. And what, what the author was saying is, you've got to be able to shift. But, but somehow in your brain, something's missing, at least, or maybe you just were given a manual transmission for better gas mileage. But I mean, somehow you've got this, this manual transmission, you know, that's the way I am. And so for me to change my thoughts, I've got to shift them. And, it, and I've got to do that decisively or I'll get stuck. I like what one brother said to me. He said, when I have a thought that I know is not right, I say in my brain, in the name of Jesus Christ, stay away from me. That's definitive. You've got to learn to say things. Any of you ever talk to yourself? 
Okay, all right. Okay, let's all just be crazy together this morning, all right? We all, we all, we all talk to ourselves, right? You've got to learn to say the right things to yourself. When those thoughts start coming, maybe it's those lustful thoughts. Maybe it's those negative thoughts. Maybe it's just thoughts of doubt and faithlessness. And when those thoughts come, you've got to say, you know, this is from Satan. This is not a good thought. This is not the way I need this thought. Stop it. I was talking to another friend this week. I think they took it to another level. They said, what I do is I literally say those things out loud. Why? Because you've got you to shift that gear, guys. You've got to get it away from there. And the way you do that is by beginning to reject it very decisively. Take it captive. Handcuff it. Make it obey Jesus. All right. Number four. Here we go. Replace those thoughts with God's word. Okay? You got to replace it with God's Word. You reject that old thought, and now what you got to do is you got to start putting good thoughts in your mind. John 8 32, Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You see, if you're sitting there thinking you're going to get fired all week, only thing to make you feel better is to know the truth is you're about to get a raise. If you're living in the lie that the world is flat, the thing to help you escape that is the truth that the world is round. If you're living a lie that you're unloved, what you need is the truth is that God loved you enough to give his son. If you're living the, the, the lie that you're inadequate, all you need is the truth from God's word. Because that's why Bible study is so important. Because it, without it, my mind naturally goes in some negative directions. But with it, I begin to feed my mind those things that can change it. Let's go through some of those thoughts we, we talked about earlier. Because here's the deal. You understand this. Guys, it's like trying to overcome lust. Okay, maybe you guys struggle with lust. Maybe that's that's your mind issue. Have you ever tried to overcome it by just telling yourself not to lust? Stop lusting, stop lusting, don't do it, don't think it. (laughs) That on its own will only feed it. You've got to replace that thought with something else. You you can't think yourself out of it. You you ever tried that? So, you begin to replace it with God's Word. If Satan's been lying to you and say you've never been forgiven, you say, Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If Satan says you're completely inadequate, you say, no, the Lord said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you say, I'm just afraid everywhere I go, I'm afraid something bad's going to happen, the shoe's going to drop. The Bible said, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. If you are said, you will never be accepted anywhere you go because of the color of your skin or because of your sex or because of your nationality or whatever, you say, in Jesus Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free. Male nor female. Galatians 3.28. We are all one in Christ. If Satan keeps whispering to you, yes, you became a Christian, but you will never really mature. You need that scripture. He who began a good work will not stop until he's completed it. If Satan tells you, you are never overcome this problem, you need to quote back in your mind, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. If you are told by Satan, you're not lovable, Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you start replacing those thoughts with God's Word. So, let's review just for a moment. First of all, we got to realize 
that we've got a partnership with God. Second, we've got to recognize those negative thought patterns. Next, we've got to reject them. And then now we've got, we're going to replace them. Now, here's a key one, though. Here's really a key to our message today. You must repeat positive thoughts. Listen, guys, we've put a few ice cubes in this coffee right here, and the color's not changed much. Wouldn't you love to go to, oh, I just, this one thing, man, I've, I've put that scripture in my head, it's all, no. It's going to take a while. Progress is slow. You got here because you've been thinking the same thoughts over and over and over again. It's repetition that made your brain look this way. So, so be with me here, guys. It's repetition that's going to change your mind. You've got to learn not to just say, you know what, for one day I thought better. It's got to become Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And every day you have to discipline yourself when those thoughts that you know are not from God because you've been looking at them, you reject them and you begin to replace them with God's word and you begin to repeat it over and over again. So you don't just put one cube in. My goodness, you start putting lots of cubes in. And things begin to change. And the color begins to get lighter because you're repeating it. And you're repeating it over and over and over again. And before long, you begin to see a transformation. Can you see that right there? Because that's what happens through repetition. You've got to keep repeating. Satan's going to say, oh, nice, cute little sermon series, mind games. Let's listen to a couple lessons, and then, then we'll be past it. Oh, no, 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 guys. It's, it's not just going to take five lessons on mind games. This will be a great start, a great start for us. You just start repeating the right thoughts. You stay in the Word. You memorize the Scripture. I mean, they're just in the middle of this week, thinking about what I was thinking about. I had this thought. So, so many moments, I don't know about you, but I mean, I'm not like in some deep depression, but I'm not really enjoying it. I'm just sort of making it. And then in the middle of this week, just this one thought hit my mind. I am incredibly blessed. Man, I've got a wonderful wife. I've got great children. I've got one grandson here, number two, anytime right now. I get... That's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. I work, I work at a great place. I'm a part of an incredible church. I get to see people's lives change every day. I am incredibly blessed. You know what I started doing? I just started repeating that thought in my mind over and over again. When I just can sort of meander through a day, you know, and not really be that fired up about it. It's just, no, 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 how can you live that way? Don't waste this moment. You are incredibly blessed. Now, there's all kinds of thoughts that you can begin to plant in your mind. Some of those scriptures that we mentioned. I I like a couple of thoughts that uh, our gridiron speaker talked about when he was here, who deals with people's thinking. I'm going to live in my vision, not my circumstances. So many of us live in our circumstances instead of our vision. Our, our circumstances determine our happiness. I, I love this one. My worth is not determined by what you think about me. So many of us, our days 
are ruined because someone doesn't treat us the way we think they should or someone rejects us or someone's a little cold. My, my friends, guys, your worth is not dependent on what someone else thinks about you. It's only dependent on what God thinks about you. And I love this, this one you might repeat over and over. Whatever comes to me, I will overcome. I've got the power through God. And that brings me to number six. Rejoice in God's perfect will. Just rejoice in it. When you begin, now hey, this thing's not completely clear yet, but it's a lot better than when we started. Here's how you change. Every shade that's lightened, you rejoice about it. You see, some of us think, well, I can't really be happy to have completely cleared my mind out. No, no. You won't change that way because you'll be so defeated because it doesn't happen quick enough. You rejoice every step, every right thought you have, every time you start changing your mindset, you stop and you rejoice it. That's what Romans said. Listen to the Living Bible's translation of the last of that, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You will learn from your experience that his ways will really satisfy you. Many of us in this assembly today, despite the fact we've been redeemed, are living dissatisfied lives. Because we're living our circumstances. But you could be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you begin to experience that, you begin to be satisfied. And you begin to rejoice every step. So that's our challenge today. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? You realize that you got a partner. You're not doing this on your own. The Holy Spirit's got a lot of power to help you change your mind, all right? Number two, you begin to recognize those negative thought patterns. You decisively reject them. You start replacing them with good thoughts. You repeat that over and over again, and you rejoice as things begin to change. Listen, my friends, God has a new house he'd like you to move into. But many of us are stuck in this old house of negative, faithless thinking. It's hard to change. Let's pretend just for a moment that, that you've lived in a house for 20 years. You lived in the same house for 20 years. You've worked at the same workplace for those 20 years. And so, after 20 years, you move to a new house. And it's 10 miles away from your old house. And you go back to work after that first night at the new house. And after work, you go get in your car. And guess what you do? You naturally go the exact way you've been going for 20 years. You're not even thinking about it. You don't have to think about it. It's just the way you go. And in in just a few minutes, you show up at the old house. And you go, this is not my house. This is my old house. And you, you turn around and now you go to your new house. Well, the next day, you go back to work, and you're a little more conscious about it, but but you've had a long, tired day, so you're not thinking very well, and you get back in your car, and you start heading toward the old house, but you're just a few blocks away when your brain goes, I'm going to do the same thing again, and you make a U-turn, and you go to the new house. By the third day, you're ready, you're conscious, you don't even take a wrong turn. You've thought this thing through, and now you just 
directly go to the new house and over the next few months you start a brand new pattern and after a while just as natural as it was at one time to drive to the old house you now drive to the new house you got me because that's the way our minds can change it can take time for you to reprogram your mind now what satan wants you to do is to keep going back to that old house But if you are willing to think a little different, to analyze it, to repeat these thoughts, in not very long, you'll be going to your new home. Now, maybe it started out with lots of wrong terms, you know, and maybe it started off you going the wrong direction. But now you know you no longer belong there. That's not your home. You've got a warmer, bigger, more spacious, more loving place than you've ever been. And, and, and after a while, it would be hard to imagine ever going back to that old home. Listen to me, my friends. God has a new home for you. It's full of grace and acceptance and love and forgiveness. It's full of power. It's got everything you need. If you'll go in it, you'll end up being satisfied. But right now, your car is still going in the wrong direction. You might even have a manual transmission. You need to learn to work better. But with God's help, you can change routes. You can change mindsets. And you'll never want to go back to that old house. But here's what you got to start by doing. you got to move out of the passenger seat into the driver's seat. See, here's our problem, guys, is most of us are just sitting in the passenger seat, and our thoughts just take us wherever they want to take us. They've been taking us for a long time. It just seems normal. And so I just sort of sit there, and my day starts off in the same negative way, and by lunch, I'm a little bit down, and by supper, it's just like another day. Come on. And I just, I just, I've become a passenger in my own life. And here's the challenge of this message series. Become the driver. Move out of the passenger seat. You decide with God's help, there's something you can do about this. Maybe the best way for you to become a driver this morning is to come before this this church today and say, you know what, I've got some stinking thinking going on. And none of you have known that because you can't see what goes on in my brain. But I'm telling you, I want to expose it, I want to confess it, and I want to move out of this passenger seat because you've been taking me to that old house for a long time and I'm sick of the old house. I want to live in the new house. But I've got to do something today decisively. I mean, today decisively. I've been letting this go on too long. If I don't do something to really shake up my life, I'm just going to be the same old person thinking the same thoughts, going to the same destination. My friends, you can do something about it. If today you'd like to become a Christian and be redeemed and start developing a renewed mind, or if you've been a Christian and you've been redeemed, but you still have the old mind and you need a new mind and you want us to pray for you, why don't you come right now while we all stand together and sing?